become exposed to it if you're searching really really searching and you become exposed to it it's like oh my god this is what my soul has been looking for hello i am joel ingram and this is crisis to crushing it podcast let's dive into this week's talk and i'll help to increase perspective expand perception and allow you to change your reality enjoy the show Okay, so today on the show we have Josie Nakash. Josie is a marketing consultant who helped launch many of Israel's most successful startups over the years. Today she provides companies with strategies for positioning themselves correctly for the next stage of business, which is a very human stage. She created Good Vibe Agency to provide new branding that the world really needs right now. The need to surround ourselves with positive and uplifting messages and examples of human behavior. Josie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Joe. Excellent. So, could you tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world right now? Well, I'm really pumped up because we just got off the Humans First call, weekly Friday call. We have a the Friday call, and we also have a new one that's a London call on on a Mondays, uh, UK time noon. And you know, we just we've been doing these calls since March, and just more and more people are joining us, and it just it's it's just people connecting for the sake of connecting Hmm. and there's no other agenda. Nobody's selling anything. Nobody's like telling their job title or, you know, anything like that. It's just pure, pure connection. And it's like the fuel is getting insane. Like it's really like rocket fuel that we're generating in this hour that we're together in this last call. There were people from, there was a woman who got up at four o'clock in the morning from Australia. She's new. Um, people from all over the States, people from a few places in London, people in Canada, I'm in Israel. So it's just like this activating our global connection. And it just, it's like this amazing new kind of fuel that, that the world needs. I mean, you can see me. I mean, we're, we're not, I know this is just going to be audio, but you can see I'm totally pumped. I just got off this call. Yeah. Yeah. You're glowing. <laughs> Okay, so how would one get involved with this then? Um, well, we just post, you know, the links. Kevin Monroe and Mike Vacanti are sort of the founders. Gary Turner in the UK, you know, just we're, we're on LinkedIn all the time. You, like it's we're, we're we're literally living on LinkedIn these days, all of us. Okay, and, and what's the, what's the? I mean, this is goes back to the positive message and uplifting behaviors. Eh? So is it is this like a subscription based or is it? No, it's nothing. Just I one day came across this post where I saw these smiling faces and I was like, that looks interesting. And I, I, I saw there's a link and I was like, can anyone join? And they're like, sure, come join. And everyone keeps asking me also on LinkedIn, like, can anyone join? Is it an exclusive club? No, it's not an exclusive club. It's for anyone who wants to connect. And then people connect with us and they come in and they feel this crazy energy in the zoom you know you can feel it the second you come in and they're like and in the first few minutes that they're there they're like wow i've found my family you know um one of the women who's with us on a regular basis olga she's like i found like she's like i'm like a kid coming home from school saying to mommy i found new friends i'm so excited you know it's like really it's like the, the insane connection we have going on yeah, I can relate to that. It's, and it's, there was just a, there was just a humans first meeting in London 
okay. like it was like a month ago. So there's also there's the virtual meeting, and then every few weeks or a couple of months there's a there's a physical meeting. Okay, it's the first time I've heard of this one, so uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be looking into it after the show. Gary Turner, I'm going to connect you to Gary Turner. Okay, fantastic. Okay, so I mean, so there's people from all around the world, all I'm guessing, all sorts of walks of life, connecting and just what having a conversation, and they being taught, is it? Well, no, nobody's teaching, but it's um, it's it's mainly a lot of coaches, a lot of people who are you know, working with CEOs, there's a whole wave of people that are like trying to bring about this positive transition inside companies, organizations. So they're all like searching and we've sort of found each other and we come to this meeting sort of, we fuel up and then each of us go back to, you know, what we're doing, our normal stuff, which is all about pushing this whole thing forward of, you know, human workplace, I'm interested in society in general being, you know, fixing a lot of things, but uh, we're all sort of, we all sort of do the same things, you know, speakers, one, one just wrote, wrote a book, you know, conferences, it's all sort of those kind of people. Well, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, definitely appreciate the, the connection later on. Okay. So let, let's understand a, a little bit about how uh, you got here. So could we, maybe delve back to maybe your childhood and maybe you tell us a couple of stories that come to mind. Um, and I know you mentioned one about a 28 foot Cape Dory sailboat. Yeah, we, we, my father decided we're, we're moving. My father is British, by the way. He decided that we're moving to Israel and of course we couldn't do it the normal way. So he, he bought, he bought a sailboat like a year or two before and started sailing around and he's a mechanical engineer, so he taught himself all kinds of things. And he decided that we're going to Israel on the boat. So we went on this uh, crazy adventure crossing the Atlantic in July 1978 on a 28-foot Cape Dory sailboat. Uh, he had a thing. He didn't want to turn on the motor at all. He wanted to be able to say he got to Cork, you know, without turning on the motor once. And we arrived in Cork after 21 days. It was insanely stormy, crazy. It makes you think, you know, it changes your whole perspective of life, of the world, going on a life-changing trip like that. I was only 12. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, that's pretty crazy. So, you, something you said then, you said um, we couldn't do it normally. Is, yeah, because my did, father was, um, my father was, uh, not exactly a normal father he was always uh, he was always out there a bit you know <laughs> we were always uh we were a very sporty family you know we were always action canoeing skiing water skiing and we could have been the most wonderful family in the world but it was actually a very dysfunctional family because of how we had grown up and everything okay I have lots of posts about it. I won't get into it now. But. Okay, no, it's fine. Okay. Um, okay, so when you were younger and you were going through all those different lessons, which, which sort of lessons do you think took you longest to learn? Um, I think I was very open and trusting. We grew up in a place that was very like close to nature, close to the skiing. I wasn't like a city girl. We didn't have a TV. We were probably the only family in Canada without a TV because my father wanted us to be outside, which is a great 
great concept. But, um, you know, we were weird. I used to come to school and I didn't know what was going on, who was doing what with Starsky and Hutch. I didn't know what was happening, you know. So, so everything was a bit weird because of that. I mean, TV is like the center of everyone's universe, you know. Yeah. So um, I was always like sort of on the outside looking in. I was always sort of like this nature girl. Um, I don't know. They like they didn't know how to like accept me. I wasn't like the other kids in the private Jewish school that my parents put us in before we came to Israel. But um, the most exciting thing in my life really was when we landed in Israel, when we actually arrived here. I was 12. You know, we got off the plane from the UK, and I remember wanting to actually go down on my hands and knees and kiss the ground. Okay. The second I got off the plane, I could feel that there's something so special in this country. So, you know, and then it took me many years later to discover what it is. Okay, yeah. so that's well, that's gonna be curious. So, what 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 was it? Uh, you you mentioned like an energy or a, a sense that this place was the right place. Were you aware when you landed in the UK that that was maybe the wrong place? Um, no, but I mean, it was just sort of a transition. My father's sister was there. We went through there. We knew from the beginning we were just going through there. And when I, you know, we, you land in Israel, you don't know what to expect. I'm talking 1978 before the internet and everything. You think you're going to go live in a tent, you know, have a camel outside, <laughs> you know, so you're surprised. I, I just, we landed there and there's just this special energy. And until today, every time I get off the plane and other people also say this, you get off the plane in Israel, you can feel there's a special energy. Israel is a spiritual country. It's a spiritual land. Every centimeter of this land is very very significant okay so i mean let's let's dig a little more into what you said earlier on which was uh you knew it was special and then later on you come to find out why what what what, what have you discovered well it was many years later when i discovered the wisdom of kabbalah after years of uh searching and all kinds of going through all kinds of family tragedies i lost two sisters uh one right at the end of my army service one right at the beginning of university a year later just over 30 years ago so you don't have to get upset about it now um but uh you know after all those things happen you start to ask yourself okay wait what's going on here something's going on and then you sort of sweep it under the carpet and then other things happen. And then you're like, remember you were trying to figure out what's going on. Maybe now's a good time to actually figure out what's going on, you know? And then it's still a few more years go by and a few more things happen. And then you actually finally catches up with you and hits you in the face and you actually start to really, really search for answers. And people who really do that, eventually discover the wisdom of Kabbalah, which is above all um, religions, above all faiths in this world. It's a science that that's really misunderstood and misconceived in our world because people think it's all about, you know, red strings and holy water and Madonna and all that stuff and money, millions and millions of dollars, that kind of Kabbalah, they make tons and tons of money. But real Kabbalah is, has to come from Israel, first of all. It has nothing to do with anything external, except maybe a book here, like that, um, that has the, like, the 
information in it and um, you actually can't profit from it. If you profit from it, you lose your spirituality. So anyone who's profiting from Kabbalah, you can know right away that it's not real Kabbalah. Okay. So I've, I've sort of delved into it a little bit, being uh, spiritually curious. Um, but I've come across many books and I found it. Is this the one with like the, the you've got the like atoms on the on the front cover and then they're all joined in like a line? See, just no? the way your hands went, I could see you're you're in the wrong uh, Kabbalah. That's okay. not real Kabbalah. So, could you give us a a brief overview? Is that is that possible? A brief overview. I'm not a Kabbalah teacher. Um, you know, I joined this. Uh, you know, it's the the website is kabinfo k a b dot info. Okay. And it's you know in forty languages, people all over the world. Um, you know, Muslims, Christians, Jewish people. It's a huge, huge thing all around the world. And it's anybody that's really, really stopped and asked themselves, what's the meaning of life? And search for it on Google and stuff, you know, they'll get to us. Because Kabbalah is, um, it's, it's for people who really, really want to know why we're here and how the system works. That Like we exist in a system and we are all parts of the system and the first person to discover what the system is and how it works was abraham and he handed it down through the generations and that's why we have you know the bible and all the different versions of the bible the holy jewish books and i can't believe i'm even talking about this because really it's really normally the men teach it just traditionally women you know our, our job is more about supporting and I'm like a marketing person. So I've always helped get this information out, but I'm not really the one that likes to talk about it and teach it, you know, yeah. but uh, every version of the, the, like the holy books that, you know, they were meant for souls of a certain time. And our group studies from the Rabash and his father, Bala Sulam, who were the last greatest Kabbalists in the last hundred years. Um, and we read from their sources that have the most light in them. Okay. So is, is this information, like you said, online? Is that all this information online for other people to delve into? There's tons and tons and tons of lessons and videos and free books to download and courses. And there's, there, we have conventions all over the world. We just had a huge retreat in the States. There's things happening all over the world in every single country, every single city, everywhere, all the time. Okay, well, that sounds pretty. And a lot of it, a lot of it is free, like mostly free. The only thing that needs to be paid for, are, you know, if there's food or lodge, you know, hotel, the conference, you know. But it's basically a lot of it is mostly. We try to keep it as as free and accessible as possible to every single person on the earth. Lately, the last couple of years, we have a lot of people from Africa joining us and they really have very limited, you know, access and funding and everything. So it's very important to us that anyone that wants to access it can. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic thing to delve into. I mean, I, I've been through my own crisis of sorts. Um, yeah. And recently, about three years ago, four years ago. 
Um, well, it just everything was closing. Everything was. I felt I was boxed in, um, uh, and, and it took a real a, me standing back and recognizing that I didn't have the answers. I needed to get where I needed to be. I needed to step back or or ask somebody that could help me find the answers. Um, did you did you ask? Did you start asking like, what is going on here? What's what's the meaning of everything? That that came later. The, the the first bit for me was understanding what the issue was. I mean, get it was the first step was get into those questions, getting past the bit where you know, getting past the victim mentality where every, everything's happening to me, you know, and being realizing, hang on a minute, I I have got a choice. I I can uh, ask for something else. Do you, know, do you know what I'm saying? Yep. And, that's, and that was a massive step for me from where I was to get to that point. And from there then is where it really took off. And, and I, you know, I've, well, I've, yeah, I've, I've turned my life around compared to where it was. For me personally, with a sense of happiness and personal fulfillment. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, just getting to that point was very difficult. Um, it's yeah. tough it's tough but it's much easier to just run away and escape and we have netflix and we have shopping malls and we have restaurants and you can go to this destination and that destination and you know our world is full of tons and tons of distractions more every day you know this pleasure i'll fill myself with this i'll fill myself with that and you know does it is does it really fill you still those things you know we're reaching a point in our evolution where those things are not filling us like they used to there's something else there's something beyond it and we're coming to that stage now where you know you see um chain stores big brands shutting down tons of you know branches and stuff there's just so much clothes you can buy you know it's just people are seeing it's just not filling them anymore especially i think the newer generations are just not buying into the way you know we we did things. Oh right, yeah, like, I'm seeing that with my own kids. Yeah. How old are they? Uh, fourteen, thirteen, and seven. Really, you look so young. <laughs> Why? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't think you had kids that big. Yeah. So yeah, it's they're different animals compared to when I was a child. You know, completely. Um, what's the word? I, I conformed as a child. Um, they've still got rules and boundaries, but there seems to be an, a deeper level of res resilience or determination in them that I never had. First of all, they're more advanced souls than us. The souls coming into the world, they're more advanced than us. But, the, but like, and that's accelerating all the time. So they have this natural, you know, they know what's going on and they know the you know what's right they have like this radar what's right what's wrong they, they like they're not buying into our system they're not buying into this egoistic system they see it doesn't work they see people getting divorced and the violence and you know the, the all the negative examples around them they just see it's not working so they're not buying into it school is a waste of time they're absolutely right they're not learning any basic human skills, which is all we really need now. We have tons of technology. We have, 
you know, we're not really short of anything in this world except how to get along here. So that's what kids should learn in school. It should be a subject. Kids need to understand what they're, how humans are designed, what they're, why they're designed like that. We need to really understand human nature. We need to be aware how, you know, there's a system, we're in the system, the system works like this, we work like this, and this is how we can positively impact the system by enhancing human connection, by consciously activating our human connection, especially with people who are different than us. So, you know, kids, you talk, you talk to them about this stuff in a second. In a second, they're on board and they're into it and they're, you know, you put them in a circle with the stuff that we do and they hook up to it immediately. Adults, you know, it takes a bit, a bit longer, but kids, it's, they're naturally closer to these things. Yeah, my, my daughter is very, um, what's the word? If she sees anything that's wrong, she will call it out there and then. Like, and it freaks me out. Like if I did that with my parents, I would be like in my room without dinner for, you know, a week. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and she doesn't care. She'll even do it in school like, where she's like defended her friends and, and pointed it out to the, to the point where, she, you know, she's putting herself in harm's way. But she, she, it never happens. It doesn't go that way. I don't know, if, I don't know why, but her just calling it out seems to stop it. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. I mean, the level of confidence and, well, to me, like, yeah, confidence and the ability to do that as a 13-year-old is massive. I never had that confidence. Even though we were, I, I'm sure you were a very confident person, but it comes from a deeper place. Hmm. It's like coming from a, they're like advanced souls. They, they're not going to have to go through all the stuff that we went through. Like, you know, the trying and searching. They're not going to have to go through that. They're going to go very directly to what they're supposed to be doing. Do you, do you have any, any take on, like, my daughter's very logical. And my eldest son is very emotional. So he, he lives in his emotions, whereas my daughter's very stand back, assess. Yeah. So uh, going off what we just talked about there, where do you see the, the emotional aspect coming in? For, for purpose further down the road? Our kids um, grow up with, we bring them up, you know, everything is the environment. We've always been very careful to keep our kids in, a, in an environment with only examples of positive human behavior. Um, so it's like, you, you, it's very hard work in our world, in the world that we live in, to bring kids up like that you know just think all the things that they missed out on mm-hmm. you know video games and tv uh, my daughter just i think discovered youtube when she was 13 i don't, I don't think she sighed up till then if you could imagine that so our kids any story we read to them it's not going to be about competition and one person excelling it's going to be about everyone advancing together the books they read the, the movies they see everything we're careful to keep, you know, that they only see good examples because kids today are exposed to massive amounts of negative, violent examples every single day. So to answer your question, try to make it more specific so I can, I can answer. So like, Give me maybe an example. Um, so 
bearing in mind that his, his, his age is like 14 and they, they're living in their emotions anyway. I try, I try and give him sometimes a perspective of, you know, is, is this, is this emotional response worthy of the situation we're experiencing? So sort of trying to play a little bit of like, let's stand back, have a breath. And really, is it as bad as the wailing and the screaming you're doing? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But he's, 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 uh, he's very emotional as a, as a person anyway. Now, I don't know if that leads into empathy or whether it's, I don't know, or just his age. Because you said that they, they, they've come here for a purpose. And I, and I agree with you. I think they have. Um, do you think he's found his direction in life? No. And do you know what? I think, because it sounds just, I'm not any kind of counselor or anything, of course, but it just sounds to me like he's frustrated. Yeah. He, he, well, he, about two years ago, he was asking questions of what's the point. Oh, you yeah. see? Yeah. And, and, and it would be nice if every parent in the world could just sit down and explain the point. Yeah. But the problem is not every parent in the world knows the point. <laughs> Because <laughs> they have, may, may not have gone through that themselves, you know. Um, I know, but this is—I mean, I, I don't want to scare you or anything. But my sister, I really don't want to scare you. But my sister, after she committed suicide, um, the sister that was closest to me, you know, we opened her diary, and it, it said there, "What's the point of everything?" Oh, it's I, a really, it's a big question. It's—it would be nice if teachers knew how to answer it, if parents knew how to answer it, or at least direct kids. Because the fact that he had that question is an amazing, amazing thing at the age of 11. You know, think how many incarnations he had to go through to be born in this life, go through 11 years and then have that question. Yeah. You know? uh, so it's amazing. And that means he might be the most evolved and advanced out of all your kids if he had that question. That yeah. Means, so he's, he's frustrated. Yeah. And also, and also, what what kind of examples is he exposed to that he, you know, reacts the way he reacts? Like he sees that behavior somewhere. He didn't make it up himself. I I had that conversation with him last week, um, and oddly enough, we put it down to the the, the game he plays. Uh, rightly or wrongly, I mean, there's lots of different people it's listening to this. Not oddly enough, it's all kids. <laughs> it's all kids today. They're addicted to these, you know, these these games. Yeah, but he's he's aware now. I've gotten to the point where he's aware his behaviour changes because he wasn't aware of it before. And then, and then once like as he as he starts to go up the levels, I'm just dipping in my toe in and saying like. You, you're going up, you're escalating, and if you get to a certain point, it's coming off. <laughs> so, but how can he be immersed in an environment that where something else is more important than those stupid games? You know, how, you know, it's all if he if he's in a certain environment where something's really interesting for him, then hopefully all that stuff will, you know, be, be a lower priority on his. Uh, you know, like we can only pray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know you uh, what what really interests him? Well, he wants to be a well. Back again, he wants to be something to do with technology, like you know, YouTubing or something like that. Um, but the, yeah, he was at one point. It was nature, but he loves drawing, art. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know which way to go with it. 
He's, he's special, but because kids have nothing, you know, no direction, these, this is, if this was taught in school, you know, we're talking now in the last year, all of us on LinkedIn and everything, we're talking about purpose and meaning and, you know, meaningful relationships and all these wonderful, wonderful things. But it's ridiculous that we're only talking about it because of the workplace and because these companies are not functioning properly anymore. So now they have to have all these discussions about culture and everything. Why aren't, why don't we start in school? This yeah. is an education problem. Why do we sit kids in school teaching them all boring stuff that we taught them 200 years ago? They don't need that stuff anymore. They can teach themselves that stuff. What they need to do in school is learn about human connection and purpose and meaning and how the connection between them, you know, wisdom of the crowd and all those things can give them so much pleasure and happiness instead of, you know, stepping on one on each other to, to get ahead and be the best, which is how our culture brought us up in school, you know, be number one in the class, the top of the class, you know, it's completely wrong. It's, it's really doesn't give you any kind of tools. It gives you tools to succeed in our egoistic world, but we are all starting to see now where it's leading us to divorce, addiction, substance abuse, um, people abuse, you know, uh, rape and, uh, you know, uh, pedophiles and then terror attacks and what are all these things these are eruptions of the human ego the human ego is growing it has all this new energy and people don't know what to do with this energy so they're directing it in the worst possible way but if we were aware of what was going on with us if we were taught about human nature in school if we were taught about the meaning of life in school then we would understand what this energy this new energy we pumping through us is we would understand our ego is evolving and we would know how to direct this new energy in a positive way. What's a positive way in a way that's good for the whole, the, the, the negative way to go about it is that you're thinking all the time, how to fill yourself, how to fill yourself, how to fill yourself, more pleasure for me, more happiness for me. Even looking after your kids is an egoistic thing. Your kids are an extension of your ego. You want your kids to look good. You want them to be happy because it all reflects back on you and your ego, you know, but imagine if all these things in life, all these normal, natural things that we do every day, imagine if we could direct it to a more altruistic place where we're thinking about the whole, you know, imagine if you were trying to deal with this thing with your son, but at the same time thinking about how it could impact the whole. You know, and, and, and you see people doing that. You see people doing that and they're very, very successful. Like they're solving a problem, like for lots of people. They're solving it for themselves, but also sharing this knowledge and the process. And, you know, that's the kind of world we live in nowadays. But the more you connect things to the whole, you know, soon we're going to, it's going to be much cooler to contribute to the whole rather than just think of how to fill yourself, you know. It's going to start coming. I can see from all these conversations we're having everywhere. It's going to start becoming the new cool is, you know, to compete. The old kind of competition is going to die. And the new competition is going to be about let's compete at doing more for the whole. Because we understand that we're here in an interdependent, global, transparent world. And we have to, we have to advance together. 
you know, it's just not sustainable the way the world is functioning right now with the, you know, all the homeless people and all the food we throw out every day. It's ridiculous. We live in a modern world. We have everything. We're not short of anything. But all the things we're doing to the world are just so some rich people will have a few more zeros in their bank account. Yeah. So what what's can you can you give us an example of some questions that you might might help with purpose and meaning? Because this this podcast is is based around crisis and and coming to a place where you could you Personal can personal crisis or um, national crisis or let's, let's go let's go personal like personal because I'd say for me I had to put myself in a place where I could then be helping others. Exactly. You see, you started, and I mean, you're not the first person to discover this, but helping others by helping others, you helped yourself. Mm. That's the ultimate classic example of, you know, that's, it's not so easy. It's much easier. You know, at first, you know, we grew up in a world where you're like, you got to have a fancy car, you got to have a nice house, you got to have this, you got to have nice clothes. And it's all focused on the self. That's, you know, we're brainwashed, our advertising and the whole society we live in, we're brainwashed like this 24-7. So you somehow, because you went through a crisis, you had like this little wake-up call and you sort of figured out what it is. And then you got to a solution that, you know, helping others is going to be good for you and that's an amazing solution but i mean look what you look what the universe had to orchestrate for that for you to get to that you know realization and why do why do people have to go through this suffering because i'm sure you really really suffered at that time it's it's really not easy to go through those um you know when my sisters died you know you just feel like the rug is completely yanked out from under you and it's never coming back you know there's just this like deep black hole and it's like so uncharacteristic characteristic of me to even think like that i'm like such an optimistic you know happy person so i was like that's it my life has gone dark that's it it's over you know (laughs) Um, and I was young and I was a dancer and sporty and the life of every party, you know, and I'm like, that's it. It's, it's over, you know, <laughs> it's all over. So why do we have to go through the suffering? Why can't we be aware of how the system works? It wouldn't be necessary for people to go through these rude, rude wake up calls. It wouldn't be necessary. No. You would understand what's happening before you would re- reach that point. I had a conversation with this on a podcast on a gentleman yesterday and we were saying that for me, it went from um, patterns. So something had happened and then a couple of years later, another, the same similar sort of thing would happen, another pattern. So eventually like 23 years down the road, it suddenly clicked. Hang on a minute. If I join the dots backwards, this seems to be an issue for me, but it's becoming aware of those patterns earlier which I don't know, does it self-awareness? I don't know. Um, it's something. No, it's, it's the, you were born from the moment you were conceived, your whole fate was decided from the moment you were conceived. We need, and that soul, that special spark needs to get from point A to point B. And in the, in that process, you need to go through X lessons and situations and divorce and get fired and, you know, all those things that we go through. And 
Yeah, and you you keep going through the same thing until you get figure out what it's about, what the universe wants from you. So when something happens, the first thing you should say is, oh, the universe is trying to send me an email, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> so this is a message from, uh, you know, this is a message from above. Some, somebody's trying to tell me something. Am I going to pay attention? You know what? I'll leave it. I'm young. I have a girlfriend. I'm happy. Everything, you know, everything's fine, whatever. I'll leave it. I'll deal with it later. And then something else happens, you know, and then, you know, the universe wants us to pay attention. The, the only way, <clears throat> the only way the universe can wake us up is through these negative things in our life. There's no other way. Now, what I found is they build as well. They, they don't just, it'll be very mild, the first one. And they'll grow in intensity till it's right in your face. And you've got no option but cower or deal with it. Because that's, that's once, once I hit that point, it was like a point I went through where I, I uh, like conflict or conf confrontation. I hated confrontation. I still don't like it today. Really, really don't enjoy it. But I don't fear it like I used to. And there's plenty of people out there that's willing to be confrontational with you. But it's when you, when you, when you realize that you have a choice in that confrontational situation, I, I never saw I had that choice before. And, and once I realized that, that, that was huge. Cause then I, I, I have another option. Yeah. We need to understand that we have this ego and this ego wants to win the confrontation and be right and justify them, et cetera, et cetera. But it's amazing if you can stand at the side and look at your ego objectively from the side and see what's going on and what your ego is trying to accomplish, you know. And if we're aware of that, that we're all designed like that and that we can rise above the ego Okay, we got all that crap out of our system. We screamed at each other. Okay, when, and it's just our egos clashing. And then you can rise a bit above that and, you know, cover it with, with something else, with love. Yeah. Um, yeah, for, for, for me, getting to that point was getting crystal clear on the things I valued in life uh, and, and holding myself accountable for things that like if somebody is thinking or saying something to me then that is true for them at that moment in time so if that's true for them what am i what am i doing for that to be true so I, it took a lot of like self-reflection and me looking at myself and how i was presenting to other people to then put myself in a position to do exactly what you just said i can if they said something that i didn't feel was true of me i could just leave that with them because that's their issue not my issue did you do it have you ever gone through any like assessment with your values you know throughout your personal life yes i mean we all started with uh advancing the giant within what's it um um i can't i can't remember the name of the book but i mean I think, you know, 20 years ago, we all started with these self-help books and self this and self that. And, you know, we're all like sort of groping in the dark, looking for answers, all of humanity, even all these gurus, uh, all these amazing books. I, in those days, I used to read every single self-help book I could get my hands on, I would read. 
I read all of them and I did the exercises and it re- they really did help me get somewhere, you know, change my life. But it wasn't the answer. The, the root of the problem was still my soul was searching for something, you know, deeper on a deeper level that you can't get from all that stuff. So, you know, I think we've reached a point now because we're living in such a global, transparent world and the processes are so dynamic and there's so much chaos in the world and we're really being pushed to a point where, you know, it's enough groping around in the dark. We don't need to anymore. We have the real solution. Um, Someone like Johan Ari, how do you pronounce his name? The journalist, the addiction books the depression you know oh, that he said uh, yeah I, know, I can't think of his name no. uh, yeah Johan uh, Harry yeah but he um, you know he said connection is the opposite of addiction and he's right he came you see what a wake-up call he had and he got really smart and went and found amazing solutions and he came out with some really good you know explanations of why we suffer from addiction it's all a lack of connection all this comes down to anything you bring to me, I'll, I can bring it back to the root that it's human connection. Also with your son, you know, all this um, disconnection with our, you know, these phones and these games and these, all this Netflix, it, it really separates and divides us. Remember how we grew up, you know, throwing a ball around outside, you know, <laughs> like I saw some kids, I was walking here today. I saw some like 20 um, year olds, playing with frisbees like they were in a huge parking lot and they were throwing frisbees and I was like what's strange about this oh my god you know what's strange because kids don't do that anymore yeah it's it's not it's not no you're right you don't tend to see it I mean we got we got one in the the garden but it's it's it's, I mean it's not part of the the weekly play it's uh yeah life's life's changed for children we try, we try and you know, it's, I don't know. We, we 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 try and get them outdoors and and do our bit and bobs. But I don't know. It just seems to be more of a struggle to get them off their jacksies, uh, to actually <laughs> to actually want to go outside, you know. And and that's turning into a struggle in itself now. And that, that it is crazy, yeah. Uh, unless the weather's nice. If the weather's nice, my, you know, it's a different game. But, uh, or if there's a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or somebody they want to go and watch in concert. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, you mean you just, you, you in one of the questions I asked you, you said, um, if life was happening for you, not to you, what do you think, what lesson have you been gifted? And you said that you found the meaning. You found meaning. And I think. I found the meaning of life and the wisdom of Kabbalah. The meaning of life. I didn't find meaning like everybody's talking about these days, you know, meaning and culture and sort of like a bit of a fluffy thing. I found the ultimate meaning, which is why I'm alive, why we're all here, which is a very nice feeling to have. You know, I was always the person sort of what's going on, sort of always on the outside um you know a bit weird like i said because we grew up sort of in nature and we didn't have a tv and stuff so i wasn't the person with answers and um and then all of a sudden i had all the answers like i have all the answers to everything you can ask me anything i will have an answer 
Okay. <laughs> I, I wish I had a comfort pit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, plus we need another podcast and everyone can write their no, questions. And, and, and also my daughter. My daughter's turning 16 soon and she's grown up in this environment and she understands from a very early age how the system works, how she can impact the system. Um, now she's a bit of a teenager and she's pulling back a bit, but she knows all this stuff her whole life. You know, it's it's an amazing, amazing thing to grow up with, to have these tools. And, and, and all that is in the, the Kabbalah, all those yeah. tools. Okay. Yeah. I think they're going to be getting some hits. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, I mean, you've mentioned you've had a lot of stuff that's happened in your life and gone on. Uh, and obviously, you've never given up. So, I mean, how have you uh, framed those uh, issues you've overcome for yourself to allow you to get to that next place? Um, those are wake-up calls. Those, those bad things that happen, they, they're, they're, they serve a very specific purpose just so you'll stop and ask what is going on. What, what's the meaning of this? Well, why is it happening? Why, why, why is life like this? Why? When you, when you start asking those questions, you know, it, it becomes less necessary for the universe to bring you these, you know, little events. So when you had those events come along and you asked that question, how did you then become aware of their meaning for yourself um it was many years later when i discovered the wisdom of kabbalah at the time i didn't uh, i didn't understand what was going on i just understood that something was going on oh, you know yeah. it took me many years to to figure out you know, to figure out that there's actually a place where it you know the second you become exposed to it if you're searching really really searching and you become exposed to it it's like oh my god this is what my soul has been looking for all these years it's here wow it's amazing okay so i can imagine there's a lot of people out there i mean myself personally i went through a phase of asking like what's the point of 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 this and i went to a real dark place as well like you know i i, I really so did I. So did I. <laughs> like you're saying a happy smiling person right now but i i went there too and and, and you sort I of was there <laughs> you, you question everything right I, I i had some sort of romantic notion and i didn't know where i, I still don't know where it come from but i had an expectation that I'd be hit by some point in my life with this epiphany of this is what it's all about. So I, I, do you know what I mean? I'd suddenly become aware. Mm -hmm. And it was, when I, when I think back on it, it seems like an incredibly, like, almost like Hollywood film type of story. But like, how, uh, how do we get to a point where someone can think it's just going to come? without asking any questions. So I, mean, I wonder how many people are out there thinking one day I'm going to get a spark of spiritual enlightenment and I'm going to send it. Is, it is a spark. It is actually a spark because we're all one soul and we're all, you know, a spark of that common soul that we share. 
So it really is about sparks and whether the spark is lit up or not, or if it's awakened and it's awakened, like I said, in sort of a negative way, um, that's the way we become awakened. But, you know, not everyone in the world needs to go study Kabbalah tomorrow. And what's incredible about what's happened in the last half year is that I, like we said at the beginning of this conversation, I came across this Humans First group. And those people for sure don't study Kabbalah. And um, a lot of them are Christians. And, you know, we just have this amazing connection. And they do very similar sort of meetings to what sort of the way our group meets, uh, you know, the people that study Kabbalah. So, it, you know, the main thing, the bottom line is human connection. To actively, consciously do things where you're activating, you know, a, a serious human connection like we've been doing for the last, uh, this talk here. You yeah. know, we're focused intently on listening to each other and integrating with each other. And that's what the future is about. Okay, we don't need any more, you know, new types of clothes or new types of, you know, we, we don't need, we, the main thing that our world needs right now is to figure out this human connection thing. That's what's missing in our lives, because we're the most sophisticated generation to ever exist. We're super sophisticated, but we're still living like, oh, I'll get up, I'll go to work today, I'll come home, go to a restaurant, go buy myself a new shirt, I'll catch a movie, go to sleep, wake up the next morning and do it all over again. What for? Why are we doing these things? What is the point of us being here? The whole point of us being here is to connect. We're here to connect. And our generation is the generation. We're living in a very, very, very exciting time right now. And we really need to understand that all this is orchestrated all these divisions you see in society black white christian muslim it's all sort of an illusion the whole point is that we have to come back together and connect it all comes down to human connection and oddly enough this podcast and i've said it numerous times um i even had a business coach once that would ask me what's the purpose of the podcast like, because a lot of people use podcasts for business. I, I, I'm, and I'm genuinely content with it being just so I can have meaningful conversation with people because this gives me something. And th this gives me something I can't find elsewhere because people don't talk like this. <laughs> uh, exactly. And that's the fuel. That's exactly the kind of fuel we need for the next stage. Hmm. Meaningful human interaction there's no other part of nature that can speak and plan ahead like humans no you've given me plenty of food for thought and hopefully the audience too so i mean okay let's let's uh i want to ask you a question can you tell me a story about something that has amazed you Um, I think I replied there the this humans first group, um, but I don't want to bore you. I've already spoke about it. Um, what's amazed me? I can't think right this second. Okay. Becoming a parent. I think becoming a parent. I never expected to become a parent. Um, I think I, you know, I was sort of running away from it because I grew up in such a like 
not so fun home. So, and, you know, after losing my sisters and everything, I sort of, you know, got lost. I went into a period of like, you know, sort of running away. You think everything's fine, but you're really running away from real life. All my friends, when I came back to Israel from being abroad, all my friends were already married. They had kids. And I just felt that's something that's never going to happen for me. It's just not going to happen. So what, what um, did running away look like for you? Because for myself, it was drink. For me, it was, um, uh, you know, sports, exercise, um, you know, just that was like my religion, you know, and I was living in New York for five years. I was like a serious like rollerblader. You know, I had grown up my whole life skiing, water skiing and all that stuff, swimming. So I really threw myself into physical you know, doing all these physical things, which just releases endorphins and makes you feel wonderful and dancing. I was a big dancer also. I was doing uh, stuff on Broadway there in New York, the, the, the um, you know, the lessons there on Broadway. Um, for me, it was very, very physical. Okay. Okay. I mean, so have you, have you got that? Is there an aspect to you that's slightly addictive? Like an addictive personality, or was it just that's what you were into, so that's what you that that was your way of doing it? Um, I'm addicted to cleaning. I'm addicted <laughs> to like physical. You know, uh, I was I was addicted to like physical activity. Like really, I was. I was rollerblading a lot in New York. I, I was dancing, rollerblading every single day. You know, that's so, a, that's an escape. That's an escape. Yeah. Yeah, is it, would you would you class anything that's in excess an escape? Would you what? Would you class anything that you do to excess as an escape? Um, eating, you know, I don't know anything. I think anything that we're doing to get away from, you know, dealing with our human connections nowadays is an escape. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Looking into the future, five years from now, can you tell me what would be the most craziest, the most exciting thing for you to be experiencing? Like I said, um, I've waited for many years to work with the biggest brands in the world. Um, I there's all these new messages we need to get out to the world about human connection. They're very simple messages. There's room to put these messages on any product that we pick up, any cereal box, any milk carton, treat each other nicer. Let's be nicer to each other today. Let's be aware that our egos are, you know, evolving and let's smile at the people around us. Let's try to connect. Let's get along better. We can put these messages up, you know, Starbucks, all these companies I've been in touch with, Walmart in another podcast, I spoke about how, you know, they need to have a an area in, in any huge place like walmart have an area for human connection you have this huge store where people walk around all day thinking what can i buy for myself what can i buy for myself take a little corner if you want people to stop coming into your stores and shooting everyone like it happened a few weeks ago you know uh, contribute a, a bit of your space to human connection to how we can get along here better you know just it's just not sustainable to keep 
running everything the way it's running in the world at the moment, which is like all these stores come in, spend your money here, spend more money, spend money that you don't have, take credit, borrow money, buy a house that's, you know, a million times, you know, that's the world we're living in. And where is it leading us to? It's leading us to people killing each other. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Okay, and the final one then, uh, Josie, could you tell us uh, wh on what platforms uh, we can find you? Mainly on LinkedIn, like I said, we're all on LinkedIn these days. Okay. It's like, it's there's a lot, a lot going on on LinkedIn and it's really very meaningful and it's, you know, not superficial at all. We're having amazing conversations there. Okay. I wanted, I wanted to read you something. It's sort of, I, we didn't get into it about how, you know, how Israel sort of has the method that the whole world needs. And if you don't mind, I mean, you might want to cut it out later, but I just wanted to read you a quote. I thought Let's it would see. help put, give perspective. It's a quote by Michael Lightman. It's the end of an article that we just put up today about the rockets and everything going on in Israel. I'm quoting. Repairing the world on all levels begins with our connection, the connection within the people of Israel. If we establish unity as a distinct trend, we will bear witness to a positive transformation throughout the world. As the wisdom of Kabbalah describes, the solution to our situation, whether negative or positive, belligerent or friendly, depends exclusively on us. The solution lies in our hearts, in our desire to either unite or not unite. By virtue of our connection, we will awaken great unifying forces dwelling in nature that will affect our surrounding world in a harmonious way and everything will calm down. Forces that currently oppose us will be reversed. Today's enemies will approach us with love and peace will reign. Um, I brought this up at the end of our chat because I want you to understand, you asked me what book, this is the book, it's our method, it's about the circles how, you know, any group of people can sit in a circle, rise slightly above their ego, have this positive flow of energy. Uh, we do this all over the world. And it's really just simple wisdom of the crowd, listening to each other. And it really generates positive energy. It brings out the positive energy from nature um, to sort of combat these negative forces we see all around us. Mm. And this is what the world needs. And Israel needs to share this method with the world. And that's Israel's purpose for existing. So um, all these things that you see going on, the anti-Semitism in the UK, the, all the Brexit, you know, it's all about connecting, disconnecting, staying together. You know, it's all around connection. Yeah, okay. I'm going to put that link to that book for you as well on the, when I hear this. It's, there's a place to download it for free. I'll send it to you. Oh, thank you very much. Okay. Uh, well, I just want to thank you for what you're doing. Um, thank you for coming on and discussing everything. I've, you felt like you've delivered a ton of knowledge bombs uh, and plenty of research that we can all go away and dig into. So, uh, yeah, just want to appreciate you and thank you very much, Josie, for coming on. And I appreciate you for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Josie. So thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram, and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful, and professional people 
feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life, to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit. Excellent. Thank you very much. I thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> and you said you're not used to talking. You I'm not. I feel like I was all over the place, but... Uh... No. No. Message well delivered. Okay. But I mean, if you, if you, if you want to do any more, I've got a lot of people that are... Um, <laughs> you're looking to spread this message. There's a lot of people I know that are looking for guests for their podcasts. Yeah. Friday night, it's it's ten thirty here in Israel. I have no problem. I have to wake my husband up at one o'clock for the morning lesson. Oh, I forgot to tell you that. It's good that we're off now. We have a morning lesson from three to six a.m. every day. And oh it's wow! On, you know, it's on our all our channels. It's translated simultaneously to twenty languages, and all the people that serve all these broadcasts, they do it on a voluntary basis pretty much 95% all over the world. You know, it's translated into Russian, Spanish, Italian, French. And this goes on every day. So like my husband is on TV every day from three o'clock in the morning. So he wakes up at, you know, one, I stay up and I wake him up and then I go to sleep and his shift starts. <laughs> so like our whole life is around these broadcasts. And we okay. have years and years of these broadcasts and lessons and that we've been sharing the, with the whole world. So the, so the lesson this morning, that, that won't be just teaching, that'll be the connection piece as well. Which lesson? The morning so you, lesson? Yeah, you said the morning lesson. The morning lesson is for people who, you know, our group that study on a daily basis, you know, for people like you, I'm going to send you um, a, to a page in our site where you can download this book and you can read, you know, normal articles you know it's not like Kabbalah it's about the concepts that I've been speaking about um, and you know the morning lesson is for people who actually study and you know people don't come straight to the morning lesson they go through all kinds of courses before they get to the morning lesson okay okay yeah I'm 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 curious so uh, yeah please send them my way <laughs> uh, Jody I thoroughly enjoyed this and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes next me too <laughs> i'm sending you the link uh, to the book there's a pay there's a post where you can uh, download the book okay that's fantastic thank you very much okay um i don't know if you're up for it but i mean further down the road if you're if you're up for another reconnection just to see how things are going and i'm always available Okay, fantastic. Then maybe tell me what you want me to speak about so I'll be a bit smarter. Because I always tell people, like, we have so many people in this building that are, like, you know, professional lecturers. And especially our men, they're natural. They're, the, like, the natural lecturers because all this, like, in the morning lesson, only men sit there. Right. It's a whole long thing. I won't get into it now. But, um, but like, I never thought I would speak about these things. So I'm not used to speaking about them. I'm a writer. I'm like a, you know, I write lots of posts and stuff. Yeah. I never expected to be on podcasts. And for me, it's really weird. <laughs> okay. That's cool. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I'll respect your time because it's probably time for you to get your head down, isn't it? Guess thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Josie. Uh, have a good evening and we'll speak thank soon. You.
Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>